James Kennedy Ministries presents Truths That Transform. The year 2021 has seen a dramatic increase in the persecution of Christians worldwide. What most people in the West do not realize is that uh, Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world today. See the stories of Christians under attack around the world and find out how you can help them on today's Truths That Transform. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Americans and many others around the world were horrified recently to witness the Biden administration's stumbling pullout of Afghanistan, leaving behind billions of dollars of military equipment and supplies in the hands of radical Islamic Taliban and resulting in intense persecution for Christians, among others. And that's only one place on the globe where our brothers and sisters in the faith are suffering. On today's program, we will bring you an important report on what's happening to Christians in some of the world's most dangerous places. And we will give you a special opportunity to come to their aid. You may be surprised to discover the intense opposition being faced by Christians, especially in Islamic countries. We begin with a closer look. They wanted me to go with them and repent, so I would return to Islam. They came to take me. I refused. They started beating me. They ganged up on me and started beating me at the same time. They had bladed weapons, knives and such things. Well, as a girl, you're not allowed to leave the house. If you do, they would say you are an infidel. I was the only girl in my family and the only Christian. I was locked in my room and beaten, often with no food or water. I used to put the Bible under my pillow. One day, I went out. My mother came to my room and found the Bible under the pillow. When I returned, she asked me about it. I told her, I became a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. She went to the kitchen and brought a knife. She came to stab me with it. Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world today. And if you look at the Middle East and North Africa, and then you look at Central Asia, and all the way through the 1040 window, those Christian populations are the most persecuted and primarily as a result of uh, radical, uh, very conservative Muslim uh, uh, elements that are persecuting these Christians. Today, Christians around the world are being persecuted for their faith in huge numbers. Many of these Christians face dire consequences for practicing their faith, largely in Muslim-controlled countries. When you look at countries like Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world, and the minority Christian population that exists in Indonesia, uh, and then you look at China and what they're doing to Christian pastors and churches and the closing down of churches, and then you look through all of Central Asia, through Afghanistan, Iran, Tajikistan, Christians 
that are minorities in those parts of the world are oftentimes, uh, they are the, the most persecuted people group in that area. Christians living in these areas can experience various types of persecution, depending on which country they reside. In some countries, you would have state persecution by an Islamic state or an Islamic uh, emirate that is persecuting these people. Uh, but then also you have familial persecution. You have persecution coming from family members. So when someone converts from Islam to Christianity, they oftentimes experience what we call civic death. That civic death is all in an attempt to bring that person back to Islam. Iran, for instance, is going to be a more state persecution against people who convert from Islam. They will imprison people, they will beat people, they will kill and, and torture at a, at a state level. Uh, other countries, say like Egypt, is, is less likely to use the state apparatus to do that, but you have very intense family level persecution. Every day we get new reports uh, from other countries of what is happening to Christians. For example, in China. China is confiscating churches, throwing pastors in jail. They're turning churches into um, cultural centers in which they become indoctrination centers into Xi Jinping's form of communism. In Pakistan, we see young girls, Christian girls being abducted and then forcibly married off to older Muslim men. That way they are forcibly converted into Islam and then their children uh, will be expected to be Muslim. Um, so basically being uh, kidnapped and forced into the Islamic faith. In Iran, converts are horribly treated, those who convert to Christ. They can be jailed uh, and tortured inside jail uh, for, because they've rejected Islam. And all this persecution is only getting worse. Many have criticized the Biden administration's handling of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving thousands of Christians at risk. The U.S.'s withdrawal from Afghanistan was a disaster of epic proportions. What we are seeing today is an attempt at a mass evacuation of people who are at risk. And that includes a, a wide swath of people, including people who helped U.S. troops, uh, people who helped NGOs, people who supported the Afghan regime prior to the Taliban. But in that group is the Christian population, the convert Christian population, which we estimate is around 5,000 people. Those people are at great risk of torture and death for their faith. What we heard out of Afghanistan was that the Taliban were actually taking people's cell phones and looking to see if they had the Bible app on their phone. And they were supposedly uh, killing people who they found had that Bible app on their phone. That is a very extreme form of persecution that we're seeing not just amongst Taliban in Afghanistan, but even amongst ISIS members uh, where in Iraq and Syria and other places where ISIS had made inroads. Joshua Youssef, president of Help the Persecuted, is on the front lines providing help for Christians being persecuted around the world. Help the Persecuted exists essentially to rescue, restore, and rebuild the lives of persecuted Christians. Rescue takes on different forms. Sometimes it's rescuing someone out of a very difficult situation, uh, a household that is being 
and violent against that believer. Uh, the restoration takes many different forms, sometimes medical, sometimes psychological and counseling. And then the rebuilding process is oftentimes uh, a physical rebuilding. It's the rebuilding of a home. It's the rebuilding of a church that's been burned down. Uh, this, this is uh, very critical to what we do, is this, these three things of rescue, restore, and rebuild, this holistic approach to helping brothers and sisters at their time of, of need and weakness. One method that Help the Persecuted uses to assist those suffering for Christ is through the use of emergency relief kits. Emergency relief kits are a very important part of what Help the Persecuted does. As a Christian minority in a majority Muslim context, you do not live at the same economic level as your neighbors. And so these kits, which contain food and supplies, are oftentimes the difference between life and death. While Christian persecution is disheartening, the Bible tells us to pray that their witness would inspire others to come to Christ. Whenever we talk about persecution's growth or there being an increase in persecution, we've often repeated uh, Tertullian's quote that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. So when the church is persecuted in the Middle East, in North Africa, or anywhere, we begin to see more growth of the church. People are waking up to the reality and they're asking the very hard questions that lead them to the truth. We definitely need to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering, but let's pray that their faith sustains them, that they have the peace of Jesus Christ and the joy that exudes from them to share with others so that they too will come to know Jesus. The persecuted church is at a critical point in the fact that they're at they're suffering at this you know in this juncture of time but oftentimes I think and I've said this to our team uh, who's helping who because uh, in many ways their perseverance the, the persecuted church's perseverance under pressure is such an encouragement to the church in the West and so it's a two-way street many times. We're supporting them at a time of weakness, the persecuted church in a time of weakness, and they are encouraging us with uh, their perseverance under that great pressure. As you have seen, Christians in Afghanistan and elsewhere are facing intense persecution. The Taliban is rounding up Christians even as we speak, and in many cases, executing them. But you can help. We have partnered with Josh Youssef and our friends at Help the Persecuted to bring aid to Christians who are enduring hostile opposition, often being forced to flee for their very lives. Help the Persecuted provides emergency relief kits which contain critical food and survival supplies as well as Bibles, and other discipleship materials for encouragement and hope. As you count the many blessings God has given you, please consider how many suffering Christians you might be able to help. Perhaps you can give $100 or $500 or even $1,000. As you give your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping provide for the urgent needs of persecuted Christians, as well as helping us to continue our vital media outreaches. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, 
Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. Giving help to our brothers and sisters in distress often requires us to turn away from ourselves and our own wants and needs. This is exactly as it should be and as God directs us. Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in this portion of his message, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, every age has its own zeitgeist, as the Germans call it. A zeitgeist is the spirit of an age, that overwhelming, dominating spirit that seems to pervade all of that particular culture. And there's no doubt about the zeitgeist of our age. It is selfishness. We live in the age of self. It is looking out for number one. Well, the Lord's Prayer is particularly useful in exploding that spirit of our age because, you see, it begins and ends with God, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. And it ends with, with God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Hallowed and glorified. Let God be that. For all of that he is. That is what the Lord's Prayer teaches us. Now we might ask the question, does the Bible tell us that we are supposed to say the Lord's Prayer in our regular prayer life during the week? Or does it teach us that it is a, a model prayer that we should sculpt our own prayers around? An interesting question. It is the model prayer, the perfect prayer upon which we can model our own prayers. But Luke tells us and Jesus said, and when ye pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. We're supposed to do both. I hope that in itself proves to be a, hope, a helpful lesson and improvement in your prayer life. And as we do that, we are going to see that it's going to have a profound effect upon the selfishness of our age, which unfortunately has seeped under the doors of the church, even mingled itself with the incense of our own prayers. In fact, I'm afraid if all of our prayers had been recorded and we were to put them on a loudspeaker and uh, one by one you would stand up as your prayers are being broadcast into the sanctuary, in too many cases we would hear, and Lord, help me with this, and Lord, give me that, and give me this, and give me the other thing, and I want this, and I want that, and I want, I want, I want, I want, and I need, and I need, and I need. I, 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 I. Ad infinitum, ad nauseum. I'm afraid that there would be a good deal of that, happily not among all, but among some. 
And so even this self-centeredness has come right into our prayer life. And therefore, this prayer given to, to us by Christ is a great antidote to that spirit of selfishness, the zeitgeist of our age. If you'll notice, there are seven petitions in this prayer. The first three, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Or as it says in Greek, let it be hallowed, thy name. Let it come, thy kingdom. Let it be done, thy will. Thy, thy, thy. The first three petitions have only to do with God. His name, his kingdom, his will. Did you ever stop to think that the first commandment is thou shalt have no other gods before me? That God is to be glorified and hallowed and be set up as the one great God. Furthermore, we notice in the shorter catechism that the first question which asks, what is the chief end of man, answers by saying, the chief end of man is to glorify God and then to enjoy him forever. And the first petition is, let thy name be hallowed. Whether it is the first commandment, the first question, or the first petition, all are the same, that God would be hallowed, his name would be glorified, that he would be the one for whom we live our lives. I read a definition of a Christian one time that said, a Christian is one who puts God first in his life. I think that's very simple, perhaps simplistic, but extraordinarily difficult to do In fact, I would say that it's impossible to do unless through regeneration the old nature is slain, which is inevitably going to put itself first, and a new nature which glorifies and desires to hallow the name of God is created. And so in truth, and not merely in word, those who put God truly first in their lives are only Christians. And that should be a model for us. In the midst of this century of atheism and uh, godlessness, we are also seeing a tremendous century of persecution. In the 20th century, more Christians have been martyred than any other century, more than in the first century the second or third amidst the ten great waves of persecution that swept across the Roman world, which probably resulted in somewhere between three to five million Christians being killed. But in the 20th century, more than 100 million Christians have been killed for their faith, martyred for their faith more than in all other centuries combined. And so, when we pray, thy name be hallowed, hallowed be thy name, 
Let us remember that Christians all over the world in at least 20 nations, mostly all either radical Islamic nations or the dying communist nations, are brothers and sisters who are being persecuted for Christ. One of these days, you're going to meet all of those brothers and sisters. And they might be very interested of what you were doing while they were being tortured and killed. Let us remember those who are in prison, even as though we were imprisoned with them. As you have just heard from Dr. Kennedy, it's essential that we stand with our Christian brothers and sisters who are under attack. We must stand by them through prayer and through action. Hebrews chapter 13 admonishes us, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Right now, around the world, your Christian brothers and sisters are suffering for their faith. In Afghanistan, Christian converts are being rounded up by the Islamic Taliban government. Some reports say that merely having a Bible app on your phone is enough to get you killed there. In Egypt, India, Iraq, countless other places, there is a severe cost associated with being a Christian. And God calls upon you and me to remember them and to help them. We are partnering with our friends that help the persecuted to provide emergency relief kits to help Christians facing extreme persecution. These kits include emergency food like rice and flour and oil, as well as Bibles and other discipleship materials for spiritual comfort and strength. These relief kits cost about $35 on average, and we are hoping to provide at least 500 of them. Your donation will help us provide for these emergency relief kits as well as continuing the vital work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. As God has blessed you, I hope you will consider giving $100, $500, or even $1,000 to help us bring relief to persecuted Christians and continue to proclaim truth and defend freedom. One Iraqi who received an emergency relief kit that included an audio Bible wrote to help the persecuted saying, this is the first time we listened to the word of God. After the war in Iraq, we did not have a Bible to read from. You have given us everything. My friend, you can play a crucial part in blessing a Christian who is under fire for his faith. 
Jesus, speaking of visiting those in prison and bringing relief to those in need, tells us, truly, I say to you, you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. We're asking you to give $100, $500, $1,000, or even more as God leads you to bring comfort and aid to our brothers and sisters in chains and to help us continue our vital media outreaches. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Throughout the history of the church, Christians have suffered on behalf of Jesus Christ and the gospel. On October 31st, we celebrate the 504th anniversary of Martin Luther's nailing of his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, which touched off the Protestant Reformation. The issues at stake in that dispute were at the very heart of the Christian faith. Luther and his successors argued that Scripture alone could be our final authority in matters of faith and life because it alone is uniquely the Word of God. No church or council or human tradition could stand equal to or above the Bible. And they argued that the Bible teaches justification sola fide, by faith alone. This was recapturing the biblical truth found in Ephesians chapter 2. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's not our sin-stained works that make us righteous before a holy God because they merit nothing but judgment and death. Because of the Protestants' rejection of unbiblical traditions, they faced extreme persecution. The French Huguenots were slaughtered by the thousands for their faith. Fox's Book of Martyrs recounts the numerous cases of Protestant clergy and theologians being burned to death or hanged. For most, a simple willingness to publicly renounce their biblical beliefs may have been enough to save them. But Jesus said, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Having been indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, apostasy was not an option for these brave souls. In these latter days, we also are living in a time of spiritual compromise, of walking away from the Bible as our sole authority for faith and practice. May God, by His abundant grace and mercy, give us the courage and conviction of the Reformers and those suffering now for their Christian faith in Afghanistan, North Korea, and elsewhere. D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for being with us. And here's a look at the next truths that transform. 
uh, it's estimated 260 million Christians around the world live in places at high risk or they experience persecution. And so we, as their brothers and sisters, are, are called to pray for them and try and help them in one way or another. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.